0: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey. Jack Daniels is the oldest, mellowest, whiskiest whiskey, and every drop is made in Lynchburg, Tennessee. Jack Daniels, turning nights into stories since 1866. Please drink responsibly.
1: Hi, Ophira Eisenberg here, host of NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia, Ask Me Another. This month, we're celebrating women in comedy, and this week, we're joined by Retta. You may know her from her role on NBC's Parks and Recreation or her new series, Good Girls. Listen and subscribe now.
2: It's All Songs Considered. I'm Bob Boylan. And today, a conversation with Kevin Morby. We'll play some music from his new album, Oh My God, and oh, I love this record. And we'll do something fun, a sort of archaeological dig into the music that influenced Oh My God, including music from Ethiopia, Nina Simone, and the electronic duo from the late 70s, Suicide. But the origins of this album begin with the politics and current events of 2016.
3: The foundation really lies in 2016. I wrote a song called Beautiful Strangers, which sort of planted the seed for what has become now my my new record, Oh My God. And in that song, it cites a lot of current events at that time. You know, it, it cites um like the Bataclan shootings and uh, the Pulse nightclub shootings, the death of Freddie Gray. And so it's a song that was pretty time sensitive. I felt it important to come out in 2016 and I made The profits for Charity. And I felt like there was some power in it and that it was speaking about what was going on at the time. And so I wanted it to come out. You know, I was actually going through a breakup at the time, and I was uh, was sort of living in this sublet apartment, and I was in that apartment, and I was actually listening to Nina Simone's version of Suzanne, the Leonard Cohen song, and I was kind of playing along to it, and I kind of got stuck in this this rhythm, uh, this strumming pattern, and out of that strumming pattern, I just sort of started to write this song, and I felt pretty heartbroken at that time, but it felt sort of selfish to write a song that, uh, you know, was was just about me when the world was going through so much. So I kind of wrote it about the heartbreak of the world.
2: Uh, Let me just play a bit of uh, of Beautiful Strangers here so people hear the song. Go for it. Love my
4: mama and my papa Love my sister Can't stand the coppers Up in their choppers Every day. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry,
3: Freddie Gray. There's something about uh, you know that song is very beautiful. Strangers, the recording, the production of it, though it's also done by Sam Cohen, who I did do all of "Oh My God" with. It's very different, but you know you notice in that that verse there, I start to sing, "Oh my Lord, Oh my God, yeah. Oh my God." Became this sort of uh, this mantra or this. Uh, i don't know this is sort of chant that i would notice my audience picking up on it a lot and people really related to that and people would be singing along in that song but it, it seemed like they'd sing loudest for that part and it kind of i felt like every time i was opening the news whether it be funny or uh, tragic or just I- insane i i found myself saying oh my god it <laughs> sort of every turn and it just became this thinking a lot of about and was making its way into to my songs, and I just felt like if I had to write a biography on this, this sort of Trump-era years, it would be called Oh My God, just because it's, it's just an expression that's always flying out of me. <laughs> on one level, it's, it's an expression of
2: the unbelievability of things, but to those who are believers, it's a
3: much powerful statement. Don't know if you're a believer or not a believer. I ride that line, but, you know, I grew up in the Midwest um, where... Religion is sort of everywhere, and it's a very god-fearing uh, take on religion. You know, there's there's billboards and evangelical church marquees that are sort of everywhere that are promising you this ill fate if you if you don't sort of fall in line with a certain organized religion. And I think um, you know that's sort of where my fascination with all of this comes from is having not really been a part of it but being being close enough it's almost in the same way that I'm fascinated with the wild west you know growing up <laughs> in the midwest you're con- constantly reminded of that history and they're both sort of these fantastical things
2: uh, you mentioned Nina Simone you mentioned Suzanne the Leonard Cohen song let's listen to a bit of it here we go here's Nina yeah
1: and you know that she's half crazy and that's why you want to be there
2: There's um, <laughs> it's the way the stereo separation worked on these old like '60s recordings. It almost sounds like they're two bands in two different rooms, <laughs> but it is pretty cool sounding.
3: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's a, the the production on these things are incredible and. That then became a big inspiration for the production on the recording of uh, of Beautiful Strangers.
2: And you worked with Sam Cohen, by, uh, Side by side. Yep, Sam worked Cohen. with Sam
3: Cohen. Sam Cohen and I, we, uh, we brought in a lot of the same sort of cast of characters who uh, we had done Singing Saw with.
2: He's somebody who's worked with, maybe I'm wrong, but isn't he somebody who's played with likes of uh, Bob Dylan? Even uh, doing some Joseph Arthur stuff, would that be true?
3: Very possibly, he's definitely worked with a lot of legends. He's done a lot of stuff with like the National and Grateful Dead. He's the band leader for the uh, the Bob Dylan, the recreation of the Last Waltz, which happens biannually, every year at the every two years at the Capitol Theater mm-hmm. in upstate New York. But he's sort of all over the place. He's kind of one of those guys who's worked with with a lot of legends, and he, he's got a stamp on a lot of stuff. And what kind
2: of stamp would he have? helped you with in this record. And is he one of those producers that helps draw things out of you as, a, as an artist?
3: Absolutely. You know, Sam, we actually met at The the Last Waltz, the recreation of The Last Waltz at, at the Capitol Theater in 2014. And I really wanted to work with him and was sort of blown away by his ability to sort of calmly take on a feat as big as that, which, you know, he was kind of the band manager of, or band director rather of, uh, you know, 30 plus people. So we got together and we met up to discuss Singing Saw and He brought the same thing to the table of singing saw that he did for Oh My God, which he's really able to sort of, I envision us meeting halfway. Like I think that we're both really good to draw certain things out of one another. And in terms of how he is just as a musician and artist, it's the same that I am. Like we have the same end goal in mind. And I think that as a team, we're really able to to push one another to get to that goal.
2: Let's be specific and find a song. Is there something that he did that you may not have ever gone down uh pathwise sound wise that is on the record oh my god and let's play it
3: absolutely i mean the song "Nothing sacred all things wild is a very good example because so you know we recorded beautiful strangers i sort of had the subject matter in mind for a whole album and when we got into the studio to to start working on what would become oh my god we kind of went about it the same way that we had done singing saw whereas me with a guitar and we kind of had you know, a skeleton crew band in there to kind of just flesh out the arrangement. And when we stepped away and looked at it, it felt, it felt good, but it kind of just felt like we were doing the same exact thing all over again. You know, we wanted to, to tread into some new territory. And so it was actually Sam who sort of made it the suggestion like, OK, let's do away with the band. And how about, you know what, Kevin, I'll just play organ. And Nick, who's playing drums, how about Nick, you just play congas. And, and Kevin, you just sing, just, just be the singer on this. Wow and let's take it to a new sonic platform. And it was like maybe 10 seconds into recording that song that we really <laughs> felt like, okay, we've, we've now found our yellow brick road for this album. Oh. And uh, oh. that sort of set the tone for what the rest of Oh My God would become. Let's listen to the song.
4: Bitter gutting, bitter leaf Dear, all things white You're gone now for so long You grown up child All things white Bitter water, bitter sea Bitter dirt, bitter tea Everything we do is a mess
2: doing the
3: vocals there besides you
4: um,
3: there's actually a whole choir um, like it's a, a sort of seven-piece choir oh. that we later constructed was one of the last overdubs that we did it took place in uh, Woodstock um, but my friend Alicia kind of assembled the whole thing and um, uh, my friend Annie and Cassandra Jenkins and oh. uh, a lot of names I'd have to read fr- read from the liner notes <laughs>
2: Musical influences for the song like this. I'm gonna play this because you gave this to me as a, as one of the choices of songs to play today, and you helped me make connections because I wouldn't have thought this, but now that uh, I heard that song, All By It's Lonesome, like that, uh, I'm gonna play. This is Alan Vega and Martin Rev, and this is the group Suicide from uh, I think maybe 1979. Oh, yeah. i mm-hmm. I'm gonna say something frightening right now. It's gonna frighten me again. Just thinking about it, which is that this song is now uh, it's 40 years old, so there's that. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Go. Yeah, so how did this song come around? Was it just like
3: you and you were listening to it or you and Sam listening to this? It is one of those things that you know as I've, I've cited that as an influence Like you just said people have been surprised by it, but when they listen to it, they can hear it. You know, and even you just saying that it's 40 years old, but you know, I hear that and it sounds it sounds contemporary. Yeah. There's not much that dates that really, you know. I I think uh it's one of those things that was created very minimally. You know, it's it's about like this sort of affected vocal that's happening over a few synths and keyboards and there's just not too much there that's that's going to really date that. So, it sort of happened after the fact once Like I said, you know, we started to record Nothing Sacred, All Things Wild, and a few seconds in, what you're hearing on that, with the vocal take at least, that's my first vocal take ever on that. So we knew we had stumbled into something that we wanted to keep. And we put it through a a slapback effect. We put the vocal through a slapback, and we kind of just got into this mindset of like, okay, this this feels good, and we want to run with this. And almost wanting to create something that felt like a... sort of have this new york cool to it you know sam's a new yorker we're recording in new york and we wanted something that would if there was like a a musical moma we'd want this record to fit in that we'd want this to be on display and sort of (laughs) it would have very minimal amount of colors but because of that the colors that we, we did choose would would speak very loudly and suicide is definitely uh an artist or a band that is that is similar to that, you know. I think that they they're just sort of ageless and they're just they're just cool. They're just a cool band. They
2: totally. I saw them back in the, those days, and and they totally. Uh, they were lo- unlike anything else. First of all, Rhythm Machine on stage wasn't that present in 1979, and then it, so it was just Martin and sure. and, uh, and Alan. And the other thing missing from it that is also not very present on your record is is guitar. There was no guitar in Suicide. And there's very little guitar on this. And I think it's part of what you were saying you and Sam didn't want to reproduce uh, singing Saw. Uh, It's certainly taking just that element out. You took many other elements out, but taking that very comfortable element out, really part of who you are, Out really just changes the landscape.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think sort of running with the the subject matter and the, the loose theme of Religion and spirituality. We wanted it to sort of feel like it could exist in a cathedral or something. And guitar is not super part of that equation. And while there is guitar in a few songs here, it's mainly a guitarless record. And there's something about that that somehow doesn't date it. You know, guitar can sound very modern or very traditional, but I think leaving out of the equation, yeah, just kind of put us in a, a different universe. And another part of that is. This record was very influenced by uh, me constantly being in the air and on airplanes, which huh. is, has been kind of the past couple of years of my life. And it's almost like we wanted to create this sort of like low hum that you hear on an airplane. And an organ is more, you know, it's more similar to that than a stringed instrument.
2: I'm always blown away when I go on airplanes. I'm uh, see Because you said what you said, I'm going to see if this fits for you. I, A, always take a window seat. And I'm always absolutely blown away when I am in the clouds it is not casual I'm, I, I think I take photographs I look at like cl- I just have a ball <laughs> up in the air although there is a, a sense of tension I used to be a lot more afraid of flying than I am now but there's also this like tension beforehand and then there's this like oh my <laughs> I just about said it right <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it just <laughs> there came out uh, there then there are <laughs> these like just out of this world
3: uh, uh, uh skyscape i guess uh, you could call it it's a, yeah exactly it's it's such a crazy as someone who doesn't take drugs <laughs> i feel like it's the closest i'll ever get to just being on psychedelic drugs or something it's such a crazy experience it's almost you just have the sense the whole time it's like everything in your body is telling you, you shouldn't be having that experience <laughs> it's like you're we're up too high we got to get down to the ground but for me it feels like a quote unquote like a religious experience uh-huh. you know I, I get scared and it's the only time in my life I, I really pray to a, this God that I don't even ex- uh, you know believe in but' I'm, I find myself praying that I don't that I don't die and then the, the plane is taking off and it's frightening and it's I, I, my palms are sweating and then suddenly yeah you get above the clouds and it levels off and you're kind of in this what you as a human who doesn't know what the afterlife holds, what you would perceive through movies or stories or otherwise for heaven to look like, and it's just kind of this crazy experience that I just keep having.
2: Hmm. Uh, let me see what happens if I bring this music up, if it feels fitting.
4: Back. I make friends almost every single day. We talk a lot, man, because there's a lot to say, but sometimes. I let my silence become the conversation And when there's nothing better We talk about the weather outside And I know it seems like screaming But man, I'm only dreaming in time Savannah, has it been so long But I'm back big, with a brand new song And a stage, a couple dozen who've paid Most have gone, but you stayed, you stayed And when there's nothing better, we'd sit and watch the weather outside And I know it seems like screaming, but, man, I'm only dreaming in time.
2: I love the—I've been listening to this record, and and the, the, the tone and how it changes a room is is really, really beautiful. And, and I didn't really get the airplane uh, thing when I was first listening to it, but uh, even just listening then— uh, the background sort of hum that's going on there or, and then I, I assume that's an organ, but you could correct me. It sets that tone that you mentioned, how, how there is that drone mm-hmm. that happens in planes.
3: Yeah. There's a lot of, um, word play with weather on this record and a big part of it being in, you know, sort of above the clouds. I always find it fascinating. It's almost like you're in this safe place when you're above the weather. It's like, um, you know when you're below the weather and you're down here on the ground so much of your day to day is uh you know it's directed by the weather you know it can make you feel depressed or you know there can be a storm and you're just kind of at the will of nature but when you're up there in this airplane which is this man-made thing you're kind of safe from all that and it looks holy but then but then down below it you're just subject to to it and its its changes and whatever that may may bring into your your personal life so it's this it became a big theme on the record and you know, like with those ahs that pop in and out like that. It's almost, I was picturing, I wanted that that to feel like you're going in and out of the clouds in a plane and like these rays of sunshine sunshine kept, kept beaming in. And those are those ahs.
2: <laughs> I was going to say the very thing that you just said, which is the ahs made me think of how all of a sudden there's this blinding ray of light and so forth when I stare out the window of a plane. Anyway, keep going. That's just,
3: that's great. Yeah, exactly. So there's like a lot of stuff on this record that I think I've, we've, I've never really sonically gone to places like that before where we're trying to depict a day sonically. So there's a rather than just singing about it, we're also trying to mimic that with the music itself.
2: Let's take a quick break. Uh, we'll come right back. I'm talking with Kevin Morby about his new record, Oh My God.
0: And you're listening to All Songs Considered from NPR Music. Support for this podcast and the following message come from State Farm, whose agents know that your car and home are more than just big purchases. They're a big part of your life. You put the time into making them your own. So now it's time to protect them with your own personal State Farm agent. Not only do they truly get you, but they'll be there for you when you need them. And with over 19,000 agents in neighborhoods across the U.S., there could be one just around the corner. More at statefarm.com or 1-800-STATE-FARM. State Farm, here to help life go right. Support also comes from BetterHelp. BetterHelp offers licensed professional counselors who specialize in issues such as depression, stress, anxiety, and more. Connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment at your convenience. Get help at your own time and your own pace. Schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. Visit BetterHelp.com slash songs to learn more and get 10% off your first month. I'm Bob Boylan. I'm here in Washington, D.C. Speaking
2: with Kevin Morby, who's in Kansas, and we're talking about his new record, Oh My God. I'm going to take it somewhere different, and you tell me it's a, a piece of music you've chosen. I'm going to ask you to do the pronunciation on it, and 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 then also it's... We'll hear a little bit of it, uh, and then the influence. So this is?
3: I just, I, I don't want to butcher her name. Okay. Um, it's such a beautiful name and such a beautiful song. But I just, I simply call her Imahoy. Okay. And she has a, the record that I'm most familiar with is Ethiopique's Ethiopia's uh, collection, volume 21. Um, and it's a solo piano record and she's an Ethiopian uh, nun jazz pianist. And I'm, I'm obsessed with her music. I just call her Imohoy. Good,
2: this is the homeless wanderer. At the top of the show, I played a little bit of "Oh My God." Um, there's a there is a piano sound on this record that certainly has this. I'm trying to find the word to describe it. It's in in one way's relaxed, in one way intense.
3: Um, yeah, it's calming, exactly. but
2: think,
3: but yeah, yeah. I think that's what I love about it is that it's very. Um, it's very direct, it's like the uh, she's got a lot to say in her playing, but at the same time it is very meditative. Mm-hmm. It's it's sort of unlike any music that I've ever heard before. And as someone who plays guitar as their sort of main instrument, when I started playing piano as just, you know, like the most rudimentary, just basic chords, just try to get a song out. But I was listening to this record so much that it just sort of eventually made its way into my playing. And, for me, it's all about the right hand. It started getting my right hand moving really quickly, and um, just these sort of fast, fast chaotic moments. Um, and like what you're hearing there at the beginning at the very top of the record on the title track, Oh My God, it's very influenced by her, but it's just something, it's just like one of those days I just kind of, I found my stride with piano playing and it's all very influenced by, by her in this album.
2: There's another song, A Ballad of Fay. I'll play a little of that. I think I heard that as well. Yeah, there we go. This is you. Yeah. Let's hear a little bit of Who's, uh, who's playing
3: the saxophone? That's my good friend who's also going to be in my live band, Kochima Gesalem, who, he just released an amazing album, solo record, his first solo record, um, out on Daptone. And he plays about 99% of all the sax on this this record. Yeah, that song's a really good example of being influenced by Imahoy's uh, piano playing, but it's, it's kind of two main influences are firing at, at once there, because um, Kochima, when he came into the the studio a big direction I, I, I gave him and asked for was a sort of riffing off of a, one of my favorite artists a jazz uh, saxophonist uh, named mulatu stake mm-hmm. so th- both those things are sort of happening with that song and yeah uh, Kochima, or, or Chime for short he's he's just he's incredibly talented and
2: can you introduce this cut well enough for uh, not yours <laughs> Yes, this is
3: Mulatto Astake. Yes, one of my favorite songs by him.
2: forever. <laughs> For those who don't know the Ethiopeaks series, uh just uh, we'll we'll put some of these songs online so you can find uh the titles of some of these, but they're they're just extraordinary. We're we're so lucky. We get to peek into the world of so many different kinds of music and uh it makes me crazy when we all get Absolutely. boxed into the uh, our music we love and then don't and there's all this other stuff in the universe. Uh, to in our in our universe sure. to listen to, and that's that's one that's a giant, wonderful window into a very different way of thinking yeah, about that, music and mood yeah,
3: exactly the rhythms and and the melodies that are going off it's 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 like hearing a another language for the first time when you thought you had every language figured out, <laughs> you know and it just blows your mind. I remember that song I was on tour around in two thousand and fifteen, like a six week European tour. And I remember being in the south of south of France, and I still have such a vivid memory of hearing that for the first time. And I think that, that title translates into I Can't Live Without You. And I, I don't know, the association of those words with such a beautiful song, it's just, you know, it awakened some part of me that I didn't know was there to be awakened, if, if that makes sense. And I've just become obsessed with his whole catalog since.
2: Tackling a subject like this, which is, you know, you're not, a, like you say, not a deeply religious person, but you go through a journey and make a record based on, well, religion and where God falls in our culture and, and more. Have you yet sort of f- figured out what this is meant to your own personal philosophy or, or how you view the world or might that happen down the road as you keep playing these?
3: I mean, I think that's something that's, uh, you know, person by person is always so, so sort of evolving. I think for me, as you get older, you think about things differently and you think about the universe differently and sort of the magic within it. And I, I think more than anything, my idea of spirituality and how I see it to myself is being grateful for those sorts of things and noticing that magic and not, not taking this life for granted is a big thing. And, you know, that can be shown in however many different ways, you know, whether it's through prayer or through music or just through being kind to people, I think. As I get a little bit older and, you know, the end comes in, into some, some sort of focus, though I hope it's very far from now, I just yeah. think about things differently.
2: Well, I really appreciate you, like, opening up your own musical world because it, I think it helps other people see and think of music differently. And their, and in this case, maybe think of their what the day-to-day and the spirituality in the day-to-day means to them. I think it's easy to just let a day happen and not think twice about it. And get too self-involved. Yeah,
3: absolutely. You know, I think a lot of this comes from traveling. I just, I'm constantly traveling. I'm constantly in an airplane or, you know, it it seems that like I'm constantly going to to a cathedral somewhere, you know. (laughs) It's no matter if I'm in uh, Amsterdam or uh, Melbourne, you know. Someone wants to show me some old church that kind of was the beginning of that town. And at some point through all my travels, I just started to notice how it's just, it's really the common thread through all cultures and language and slang and religion and spirituality is kind of the foundation of, of everything that, that we do. And I feel music is very spiritual to me. It's, it's very moving and it's this, this thing that's, uh, you know, I think it exists in the air and it's about tapping into it and being able to, to channel that. And I think I want this record to, to sort of just help people open themselves up to, to that magic. Hopefully it does that for somebody.
2: That's beautiful. Thanks for doing this today. I appreciate it. It sounded great. Thanks, Bob. Thanks. Always, always enjoy these. Kevin Morby, the album "Oh My God" is out April 26th on Dead Oceans. I'm Bob Boylan for NPR Music. It's all songs considered.
4: You got me now, down on my knees, well you got me now, with that cotton mask, begging